Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the animal thinking episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. How are you doing today? <laughs> Is that your, you're being a robot like an animal? Oh, yeah. Maybe I should do a more of a zombie voice. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Eat your brains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the zombie comparison. You think about a zombie, they have a one track mind. It's just, there's no thoughts. Right. That's why even in the zombie impersonation like you can't even say i want to eat your brains like they don't use words they right they just walk around and 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 they do they just drift and until someone until they see a human and then they attack yeah and that's and that is a very good picture of how animal thought process can be destructive is is these patterns do end up what you end as a zombie they have like a they have they have one thing they're going towards it's to eat your brain right yep or to just eat you and then it unfortunately turns you into a zombie so we're looking at this animal thinking and and one of the one of the ways it's really causing damage is is it is dragging other people down to a thought process that causes them to just be operating on instinct and just be purely operating based on the patterns that they have already stored in their brain. And that's how we end up getting really this mob mentality Mm. is people drift into this animal thinking and it just ends up becoming a whole swarm of zombies. That's a zombie apocalypse is when it's not just one zombie coming to attack you every once in a while it ends up becoming a horde of zombies like i don't know 94 percent of people 94 <laughs> and all those would, funny, that be, would that be a zombie apocalypse in your opinion yeah it would and, and it's funny all these it's interesting that all the zombie tv shows and movies and stories tend to be stories where the majority of humanity has turned into zombies it's this like there is this unconscious belief within us that we are in a zombie apocalypse we know why are we so drawn to these types of stories it's because there is something within us that connects to that story which is kind of frightening it is and so if we're dealing with if 94% of people are in that thought process, then we ought to be really careful and caring with how we say things. Because if I'm treating someone like they're at a better thought process than that, we talk about being, when you're in that animal thought process, you're one event away from from going destructive. You're just one event. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people and bring their thought process up without, you know, immediately sending them destructive. And I think that Jesus was a great example of confronting the Pharisees who were 
Well, they had all these patterns that they were living according to. And all yep. those questions were what we kind of talked about in the episode. Like, what, what did you read in the scripture? You know, or you're missing this thing and in, in this thing that you read, you know, this part in, in what you read. So, yep. yeah. And the Pharisees were, you know, and the religious leaders during that time operating according to the religious traditions, the traditions of men. That is another term for animal thinking. Perfect. These traditions of men. What, why do you do what you do? Remember the animal thinking doesn't go to the why. And if it's given an answer, it's just another what. So what is the man-made tradition answer for why are you doing what you're doing? Because we've always done it this way. That's just another what. Or even with God's traditions, there is a reason and a value behind them. Nice. So can you give us an overview of the conjunctive? Yeah, so the, the limitation side is these man-made traditions it is this list of behaviors it is do this do this do this no explanation needed no explanation given it is just the you know it's it's what it's do these what's and the freedom side or the loose side what we would say in the what the flock episode is well you can't know anything anyways we have finite brains Why do people, I've heard that phrase a lot. Yeah. It's never been in response to bringing a benefit to a discussion. Yeah. It's always been in response to somebody rationalizing why they don't understand something. Okay. Which is, which was one of my questions. When, when do you hear so that is that when you hear people say we have finite brains is when they don't have an immediate answer. Yes. And this is why I'm hoping everybody's starting to see the, for the leaders listening to Malk podcast. Yeah. We're being strategic with the order in which we're doing these episodes. They are building on one another. It might seem easier for us to just do one, two, three, four. Let's knock out the four different thought processes. But we got mystery and puzzle in between there because really what we're seeing is the issue with the and what the mystery versus puzzle episode does is it helps us combat the animal thinking. When we get the ultimate answer and we understand what is the information we ought to be going towards, it requires a higher level of thinking than animal thinking. So now what we're talking about with this finite brain is the same thing as saying it's a mystery, just embrace it. What I'm saying is different, but why I'm saying it's for the same reason. I'm saying it because I'm trying to get myself off the hook for the answer to this question I don't have. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get myself off the hook of the responsibility behind whatever the meaning is of this concept. So saying we're humans, we have a finite brain is the same thing as saying it's a mystery, just embrace it. So the mystery Using that as a rationalization as to, or an excuse as to why I don't know this information that I ought to, is an example of me operating in an animal thought process. Hmm. So someone, you ask someone a question, their response is, well, 
we we have finite brains would it another follow-up question to that be why why did you say that can you help that me would underst- be a great can you help me understand great. why you said that that'd be a great question i think that's a really merciful question too yeah what do you mean what do you mean we have finite brains because maybe the person just means we can't know everything. And then it's like, okay, you're right. We have finite brains. We can't know everything. I agree with you. What does that have to do with the topic we're talking about, though? Yeah. But it, 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 tends, be, it tends to be one of these conversation enders. It's a mystery. Or I have a finite brain is a way for these people to get out from under having the conversation to go any further because that's where these the people on this that the loose or the the freedom side are trying to avoid tension at all costs and i think it's important to lay down that foundation of a puzzle versus a mystery because if the capital t capital m if the mystery has been revealed if we've been given that answer by the holy spirit then that ought to help build our confidence and our faith in discovering more right discovering more about why this thing happened to me why it didn't why did you know this why is this amazing thing happening to this person while it's not happening to me why are their prayers getting answered and mine aren't? How, why is this person getting healed and this person's dying? I think if we lay that foundation of, listen, the ultimate answer, the ultimate mystery, the most important mystery has been revealed. So let's try to find yeah. out the next one. <laughs> so there's an answer to why your prayer of healing over somebody didn't work. And that answer is more specific and more helpful than, I guess it's a mystery. Yeah, man. Because this get this whole getting people off the hook, and that's why it's like uh, when people say it's a mystery, we have a finite brain. These are very much animal thinking responses to not knowing the answer to something right like how come there's not unity in the church with all of these different churches that's a very complex question it is well you know there's not unity because people are people yeah we're messy so there's not an answer that's that's not just doomed right yeah. What are these, you mentioned this on these, these seemingly unanswerable questions. Can you think of any other like on people where people say it's just a mystery? So besides, I mean, who is God is one. Uh, um, what is God's will? God's will is a mystery. God is a mystery. And then I would say this, it, that the the time I've seen the mystery or with the finite brain, what is the, the mysteries? 
the times I've seen that used the most mm-hmm. is in response to a contradiction being exposed. Mm. So if grace means unmerited favor, then wouldn't that mean for me to grow in grace, which the Bible says I should do, I should do more things that are unmerited? It's a mystery. Mm. You can't know those things. Mm. Our brain's too finite to understand those. How about if faith means belief in the impossible then to grow my faith i need to believe more impossible things Mm. it's a mystery but so and watch i would i just want to say listen to the grace and faith episodes for the true answers to those questions but here's okay and here's the biggest one though here's the biggest one yeah here's the biggest one Why does evil happen to good people? Why is there evil in the world? These are the hard questions, right? Nice. It's a mystery. But it's but again, what it is though, the root of it is anytime a contradiction is exposed, instead of actually doing the work to resolve the contradiction, my easy answer is it's a mystery. Gets me off the hook from having to figure out that answer. Because like you said, with the unity, sometimes these are really complex answers. Sometimes it takes a lot of work in understanding multiple doctrine for us to get an answer to one question. But that's why there are the people we're impressed with are the people who search out those answers, regardless of the discomfort and regardless of maybe being exposed within their own lives that they're wrong. Nice. What helps you get out of an animal thought process? Yeah. I mentioned it at the end of the episode, this, that like my quick, my quick thing that I would help people with. A quick de- tip. Here's your quick tip from Pastor yeah. Joel. <laughs> quick tip from Pastor Joel. Definitions, definitions, definitions. Now, for me, what that really means is why. Ask why. Why am I thinking? Why, why, why? Why is a human thought process question? So it's going to get me up. But now as a leader, it's important that I'm supplying those whys to my quote-unquote followers. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So how do I get out of an animal thought process? Ask why. Supply the why. And I'll say this too, surround myself with other people who challenge me. Mm. One of the things that's going to cause me to get into an animal thought process the quickest is if I'm isolating. And one of the hardest things to do when I'm in an animal thought process is to reach out for help. Mm Mm-hmm the thing I need to do the most. Nice. So for me, it's really, honestly, man, it's this interacting with other people is so important to get our thought process up. Isolation is bad. It's funny. We use that example in uh, mystery versus puzzles episodes Mm -hmm. to show the difference between the what 
the why and the doctrine. Now I want to use it just as support for this animal thinking episode. Isolation is bad. Why? Because it will lead us into an animal thought process. Nice. And then we're one event away from going destructive, like you said, which means now we are hurting people, not just ourselves. And that that's where people get hurt. The church falls apart. There's no unity. You got a bunch of churches out there that aren't unified. We got a bunch of churches that are isolated. Yeah. So that's why no wonder 94% of people on this planet are in an animal thought process. That includes the church. That's right. not that's not to unbelievers. That is to humanity, period. So yeah, as as uh, an individual, I'm I'm trying to get myself around people who challenge me. Because you can be isolated and be around people. It's important the quality of the people that you're around. I say challenge me. You talk about fellowship. We have a fellowship episode. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I'm surrounding myself with people I'm in fellowship with. And even one other person, please. Yeah, right. Anyone to anyone that helps you ask, but that helps ask you why. It's pretty yeah. rare for um, us to ask ourselves those questions and really keep digging, especially when it's in an uncomfortable area, especially right. when you can kind of feel at a few more reasons why you did what you did that you're like, oh, I'm going to be wrong here. That's why it's really important to have people in our lives who ask us those why questions, right? Why this, why that, and help lead us. Um, it's great. And that is what leaders do. Right. And so as a leader, I ought to be giving a reason and a value to my people. And that's going to help them get up into a better thought process and actually more likely and more motivated to do God's word and will when they see why it's important to do what, what we're teaching and the, benefit they receive out of it as well because god didn't set this up for him to get all the glory and that's it god is glorified through this but we benefit as well yeah even says god's glorified that we bear much fruit right that's great (laughs) that's how he gets glorified i love that you know people who think we're supposed to be completely selfless and have no selfish or self-interest tendencies at all. Careful. Why'd you get saved? Mm. Who benefits from your salvation? Mm. You do. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Me. But Jesus was the master at this. So I want to go through a teaching real quick. Cool. That I've done this with groups of pastors before. And without fail, it goes the way that I think it's going to go. So here's from Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. I'm going to skip through some of it, but I'll hammer some some specific points. But he's on the road. One came to him running and knelt before Jesus and asked, Hey, what do I need to do, good teacher, that I could have eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you call me good? No one's good but the one. That is God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, murder, steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your mother and father. Oh, teacher, teacher, I've done these things since I was a young boy. Verse 21, Mark 10, verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, 
sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And then I ask this. This is me talking, Joel. Then I say, what does Jesus say after he tells this person to go and sell whatever he has and give to the poor? Without fail, the answer is, take up your cross and follow me. And then I get to say, actually, what Jesus said. (laughs) Well, actually. Love it. I repeat back. He says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And we know, unfortunately, he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful because he was rich. But my point here is this famous story that we love teaching and we love emphasizing sell all you have and we we love emphasizing take up your cross and come follow me. And we miss one of the main points Jesus made here. Mm. He gave him a reason and a value to sell his stuff. It wasn't just sell your stuff and give to the poor and too bad for you. It was, and you'll have treasure in heaven. In fact, what Jesus did is he showed him a way where all these possessions he had on earth would last longer and would be worth more. Mm. But the guy proved his brain was in a physical perspective. Mm. He was sad and sorrowful because he was rich. But Jesus just said, if you do these things, you'll have treasure in heaven. Essentially, you can turn this physical value into spiritual value. And it'll stay with you. That's where moth and rust mm-hmm. is not corrupt. Nice. But see what Jesus did here? Jesus was a leader because he didn't just tell him what to do and then get mad at him when he didn't do it. He told him what to do and why to do it and the benefit he, this man, would get out of doing it. Leaders lead by giving a reason and a value behind what they tell their people to do. That's another way for me to, as a leader to not operate in an animal thought process towards the people that I'm meant to lead. So as, as a man, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm surrounding myself with people who are helping me discover why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm saying what I'm saying, people who are challenging me, helping me get my thought process up into a higher level because I need people in my life for that to happen. And as a leader, I'm trying to give to my people by telling them not only what to do, but why they ought to do it and how it benefits them to do it. Not me. So good. Let's take a look at the three categories of people from the perspective of self-esteem, Pastor Joel. Low self-esteem is zombies. Mid self-esteem are zombies who are searching for a cure. High self-esteem are the, people who aren't zombies <laughs> that's it man that's awesome so we have the zombies here these are low self-esteem these are people who they get what they need for themselves off of other people like a zombie would the mid self-esteem is somebody who recognizes no no, no I, like yes i have these tendencies within me i don't want to operate that way And I don't want other people to operate that way towards me. So I'll go and find a place away from the zombies, including 
if that means I have to walk out of a church that's treating me this way. And high self-esteem are people who actually are trying to help zombies. You know, recognizing my brain's supposed to operate at this higher level so I can hear from God. And I'm going to pursue truth. I'm going to pursue the greater under the, you know, the greater gifts. Nice. And these people would ultimately would want to convert zombies. So that would be my, my way of looking at the animal thinking through the, these different self-esteems. That's awesome. So which leads us to our, our ultimate answer. Animal thinking is limited by its focus on what, or a fact only or knowledge only again not that knowledge is bad but that's why it says knowledge puppeth up that's all i have it can lead to pride Mm. and you know it can lead to destruction knowledge in and of itself isn't bad but when that's all i have i'm limited i'm limiting my thinking to thinking like an animal so all, that's the ultimate answer behind what this animal thinking means. What I ought to do, the ultimate move to make to get to a better thought process, surround myself with people I'm in fellowship with and lead people through giving them a reason and a value behind what I, what I teach them. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been great, man. Thank you to everyone who's listening out there. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.